The king is dead. Long live the king. Until whoever that king ends up being gets replaced by a better and more famous king who's enticed by a big transfer budget. The Newcastle revolution has begun and who knows what the future holds at St. James's Park. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Undisputed King is betting guru Mark O'Hare. Mark Steve Bruce has left his beloved Newcastle with £8 million burning a hole in his back pocket. Uh, how should his time at Newcastle be judged, do we think? Because he kept them up, but it he kind of became the poster boy for that Mike Ashley reign of inactivity and inertia and general angst, didn't he? Yeah, and unfortunately, I think that's how he will be remembered, particularly by Newcastle fans who were never particularly fond or warmed towards him after his appointment because he did feel like a, a yes man to the Ashley regime. But it's very sad, isn't it? Because he's a Newcastle guy. He's a fan. So you would have thought yeah. if anybody, they would have liked him. Yeah, that's why I, I, I can't work it out, to be honest. Um, I'm sure Newcastle fans will be quick to to call us up and tell us uh, where we're wrong on that. But uh, yeah, I, Is I that on the phone-in? Was... Stinch's fabled <laughs> phone-in we're going to have one week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I thought it was quite sad. Um, I know if you're being pretty, pretty looking at sort of the raw results and win percentage, points per game, that kind of thing, his, him, his reign and Rafa Benitez, they weren't too dissimilar in many aspects. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, Bruce never really got given the, the rub of the green. Um, I thought he's got a, a championship level squad, mostly at his disposal, and he's performed as well as he possibly could be expected to perform with that squad. So, you know, he kept them up reasonably comfortably for two seasons in a row. Yes, this campaign has been pretty poor. So, you know, he's expected to be under pressure with those results and those performances, particularly last weekend against Spurs when the eyes of the world were on them. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's it was always the writing was always on the wall, wasn't it? When he was uh, when the takeover went through, so it's not a huge surprise. Um, but uh, yeah, massive, massively interested to see which way they decide to go now. I know Paolo Fonseca has been linked to the job quite heavily, and uh, he is obviously a very talented head coach. But uh, I'm not sure he'd be completely suitable to go parachuting straight into St James's Park right now and and kind of instigate the the massive change that they're probably expecting to. If I was a Newcastle fan, I'd prefer something a bit more steady, uh, steady Eddie. Maybe a, a hand that's already been in a role in similar circumstances. I know I'm clutching here, but someone like Roy Hodgson, I think, would steady the ship. For, for till the end of the season I think in January you go out and weaken your rivals down at the bottom by signing their better players and I think you build from there and then maybe next uh, summer you can you know you've got time in your hands then to try and plan towards the future by getting in a, a high caliber coach and next summer you go bananas in the transfer market but uh, I don't know what they're going to do um, Graham Jones has got the, the reins now and he obviously instigated the, the change in style that we've seen over Newcastle over the past nine months or so to be a bit more attack minded but his reign at Luton was wasn't exactly uh, glowing. So uh, interesting to see what happens from here on in. We've got a nice insight into the Machiavellian mind of Marco Hare there. Weaken your rivals, buy all of their best players, send them down instead. Quite right, too. Uh, he's been working the XG robots hard during Champions League week. The data doctor, Jake Oscarthorpe, is in from Infogol. Jake Newcastle visit Crystal Palace this weekend. Palace, I thought, played really well on Monday against Arsenal. Thought they should have won the game. Thought it was naive defending towards the end that prevented them from winning that game. So how do we view this one? 
Yeah, I think you, you nailed the, the Palace-Arsenal game right there. I think the way in which they pressed Arsenal, the first 60 minutes, 75 minutes was excellent. They took a lead and then it was almost like watching Roy Hodgson's Palace again, wasn't it? They just reverted and put as many men inside the 18-yard the box as they possibly could, invited pressure and ultimately conceded chances. And, um, you know, that was disappointing really because we, we thought we were seeing positive strides from Palace and it would have been nice for them to, to continue that positive mentality in the game throughout the 90 minutes rather than just, you know, get penned in. And ultimately, the, the deeper you get, the, the more chance there is of something daft like, you know, the winning goal, which is a, a shot that comes in, it's deflected a couple of times and because you're so deep, you've only got an open net tapping from four or five yards. And um, that was disappointing. But on the whole, I've been impressed with Palace this season and the underlying numbers have, you know, they've been really good. They're massively improved on last season, uh, which is, you know, a huge credit to Patrick Vieira, the recruitment that they've done there, bringing in certain players. Um, but, you know, there's still question marks. Defensively, they've not looked you know, overly solid. If you speak to Stinch, I'm He's not a massive fan of a couple of their centre-halves. Um, but on the whole, going forward, they have looked more threatening. And they're playing against a Newcastle team here who, you know, Steve Bruce has gone. In my opinion, it's the right decision, but it probably came a week too late because there was just that lingering doubt throughout the whole week leading up to that Tottenham game. Um, you either sack him or back him, but they did neither for a week and just, just sort of, yeah, he was a dead man walking, literally. Um, and... Ultimately, not literally. Well, not literally, no, he's, Jake. He's a very rich man at the moment. But, um, you know, he was he, he was in such an awful position, wasn't he, for for a week of just just sort of facing the inevitable, which was that he was going to get sacked. Um, and you know, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but looking through the data, Newcastle's underlying process improved massively when Graham Jones joined the club in January. Um, you know. Whether we can attribute all that improvement to just one coach, you know, it's a it's a stretch. But I don't think I don't I don't think it is a coincidence that their attacking numbers, in particular, jumped quite quite quickly, quite drastically from pre Jones, who were at one point one two expected goals for per game, uh, and after his arrival last season, they're averaging one point four four expected goals for per game. So they're averaging around one big chance um, more per game with him in the setup. Uh, he takes over this game. Uh, takes over Newcastle for this game, should I say? Um, and, and I think that's going to be a positive for them. I really do. I, we've seen them; they've been capable of creating chances so far this season, even with Bruce there. Um, but defensively, they've been shocking, and and that's really eye-catching. It's alarming. Um, Mark's already mentioned that that the squad is effectively a Championship squad, um, barring a few star players, the likes of Wilson, Willock, and St. Maximum, really spring to mind. Um, and yeah, I think that this, the way in which Crystal Palace have been setting up recently, the way in which Newcastle play, and I expect them to play under Graham Jones, I think we could see quite a lot of goals in this match. And, and both teams to score jumped out to me around 1.82 on the exchange. I expect it to be a tad shorter. It's a bet that, that we've seen landing a lot of Newcastle matches this season and a lot of Crystal Palace matches. And I just think that the, both these teams will look at this match as a potential winnable game. And the way in which both have been approaching games suggests that we could be in for quite a, a goal-laden match. We should congratulate Steve Bruce, actually, because uh, he brought up a thousand games 
as a manager. So well done to him on that. And he's the first manager ever uh, to manage a Premier League game as a zombie, which he did for that <laughs> thousandth game. Uh, because according to Jake, literally a dead man walking. So uh, impressive that they even got a goal under a zombie manager. Uh, the champions, Manchester City, in devastating form as they won at Club Brugge in midweek. But will they find life as easy at Brighton? The Seagulls, the 9.2 outsiders here. Mark, how do we approach this one? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, quite right, City were, were superb in midweek. And uh, I think if we look towards the, the best Premier League performance over the past couple of seasons, you have to say City's display at Stamford Bridge early in the campaign was was definitely up there, ridiculously high, top level they've got. And I think we've seen so far this season that they, they are still probably the team to beat in the Premier League uh, in terms of all the underlying metrics and what we see with our own eyes. You know, it's very, very strong. What's most impressed me so far this season from City has been their strong defensive record uh, and just their complete control on matches they're only giving away six shots per game in the Premier League on average which is ridiculous and in six of their eight games they've given up just less than 0.5 non-penalty expected goals which again is is kind of just ridiculous really so um, but uh, they're coming up against the, the second best team according to the data in terms of defensive records in, term, in Brighton this weekend so it's an interesting matchup uh, Brighton three draws have kind of halted their early season progress but they were the superior team against both Norwich and Arsenal uh, falling short in the final third uh, they were running hot earlier in the season but they seem to be uh, still seem to be good value for their performances and results but uh, in terms of key chances created they are down in the bottom five surprisingly and their campaign has been built around a strong defence as well four clean sheets just five goals against uh, they're giving up 0.66 non-penalty per game non-penalty expected goals per game <laughs> And uh, I think they've given up the highest figure of, of 1.03 so far this season, which is really, really impressive. And again, sort of similarities in how they approach games. Both like to hog, hog the ball, Brighton at 57% possession. So just control of the game. But uh, I think what's gone under the radar, I know Jake's talked about it a few times over the past season or so, but Brighton's defensive record and, and the fact that they've they've really have shored up things at the back when they're coming up against the big teams, especially uh, last season, uh, they beat City 3-2 towards the end of the season. Bit of a, a run out there when, when no one was really too interested. But uh, they've only lost twice by two goals or more against the top six last season. Uh, this was a team when Potter took charge, which was regularly getting thrashed against the bigger teams. But they've only actually lost by two goals or more in five of the last 49 Premier League games and they've only conceded three goals or more in two of the last 42 Premier League games which is really quite impressive you know it's not just this season they've been churning out these decent performances and strong defensive displays it goes back a lot further than that and I think if you look at the match odds the Asian handicap line and the goals line here you can see that the market is fully on board with Brighton being a competitive team and capable of giving Man City a tough ride this weekend but uh, ultimately City's top level is so high that it's hard to dismiss them um, I don't want to oppose them in any sort of way and I think City will get the victory um, but uh, I don't expect them to run away of it so Man City to win and under three and a half goals stood out to me at 2.2 um, despite City's glittering away of forward attacking players they've only actually scored two goals or fewer in 13 of the last 15 away games going back to, to last season as well uh, and if you look at their games this campaign I know it's a, a tough schedule with Spurs, Liverpool, Chelsea and Leicester away from home those four games have averaged just 2.38 expected goals um, so they have been involved in, in some reasonably tight affairs so I expect City to get the job done but don't discount Brighton from making it a competitive game. 
And if you do fancy doubling up a Manchester City win with a goals bet worth bearing in mind, our fantastic multiples offer is running every day. Bet £20 on multiples or bet builders and receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. More domestic action to come. But first, let's dip into the Bundesliga with odds compiler and betting expert Mark Stinchcombe. Stinch, I know the German top flight, one of your specialities, and you have a couple of picks for us. Yeah, I think Jake might have a one from here as well. So it'd be interesting to hear his opinion. The first one is uh, Wolfsburg against Freiburg on Saturday. So Wolfsburg have been chalked up as even money favourites, which looks massively, massively wrong. Um, been very anti-Wolfsburg since the beginning yeah. of the season. Uh, even after their like uh, perfect start, I think they got three wins out of three and sat top of the Bundesliga. But mainly down to the, the coach, Van Bommel. Um, quite concerned about his sort of previous jobs sacked at PSV and then being assistant manager at the the UAE to his father-in-law didn't scream to me a successful long-term manager so Wolfsburg have failed to to win their last seven games now so yeah I'm not sure I've said it a few times not you know these odds are here who's backing Wolfsburg at evens essentially or is it just people blindly looking at league tables perhaps Um, no veg horse either because of COVID-19 so that's a massive blow isn't it just about to say that yeah 23 goals since the beginning of last season so you know he and not only in terms of the goals but you know just holding up the play uh, being a focal point somebody they can play play off because you've got not, lots of like sort of number sevens and number tens playing just behind him that can get onto those those loose balls and he links up play quite well so yeah he's a massive miss and you're playing the Freiburg side who are the only team unbeaten in the Bundesliga you know, they've had a fantastic start to the season. Um, we, well, I say we, Mark, uh, got them on side last week against Leipzig and uh, they picked up a one-all draw and they more than held their own in that game. Uh, and they, they played pretty well for their first game in their new stadium. Um, Wolfsburg sits sixth in the league, but they've got a negative goal difference, which I think describes them quite well you know they ground out some wins but they're very vulnerable now to conceding multiple goals as they I think try and evolve a little bit from uh, what they were last season and um, we saw them in the Champions League as well ship multiple goals so yeah I think uh, laying Wolfsburg is, is the way to go um, they're 2.2 on the exchange so if you lay lay them at that price you're essentially getting Freiburg double chance around about five to six and uh yep i would say freiburg unbeaten already held leipzig and they've beaten dortmund so they can definitely go toe-to-toe with the with the better teams and yeah had a week off since last weekend compared to wolfsburg having to to travel so yeah i think that's that's the way to go in that in that game jake i know you've got a view on this one similar to stinch opposing wolfsburg the way to go yeah exactly the same and exactly the same bet so Everything that Stinch has said is pretty much what I've got written down. The only thing I'd add is that based on the XG figures, Freiburg have actually been better than Wolfsburg this season. So they're actually creating more and better chances while also looking more solid defensively. So all in all, they've so far looked like the better team and and that is a surprise to see Wolfsburg so short for this game. So yeah, happy to get Freiburg on side. Stinch talked about laying Wolfsburg. Would it also be worth looking at the bet builder, given that there'd probably be a couple of goals in this game? Stinch talked about how vulnerable Wolfsburg have looked defensively. Would it be worth a double chance being mixed in with an over one and a half goals or something along those lines, maybe? 
Um, I potentially would have been tempted if Freiburg double chance was a bit shorter, but I think at this price at the moment, um, I think five to six inches said, I'm more than happy just to back that as a single. Uh, yeah. If they were a little bit shorter, maybe around the 1.7, maybe throwing an extra goal, there's every chance it does shorten before kickoff. But yeah, I'm more than happy just to take the single at that price. Stinch, where else are you taking us in Germany? Yeah, I think this is arguably the the bet of the sort of Bundesliga coupon this weekend. So I'm looking at uh, Hertha Berlin v Borussia Mönchengladbach. So Gladbach slight odds on favourites uh, away from home, which I'm not going to um, argue against too much. I think you could maybe have Gladbach uh, a little bit shorter, but I know they're still missing some players like Marcus Turan, for example. So happy with, with those odds. But I was looking at the over 2.5 goals and it's chalked up at 8 to 11. And if you look across the Bundesliga coupon this weekend, there's actually five games where it's shorter and the prices are massively shorter. So there's like 4 to 9, 2 to 5, 1 to 3. Um in the in the Bochum v Frankfurt match, it's four to six, and it's like, well, who's scoring the goals for Bochum and Frankfurt to get us over two point five yeah. goals? You know, if you're if you're weighing up who to who to put in your accumulator or something for an overs bet, you're definitely going for Hertha Gladbach over Bochum Frankfurt, and as I say, it's a bigger price. Uh, I mean, the Bundesliga this season averaging over three goals per game. Last season it was averaging over three goals per game. So you consider that the the goal line of two point five. Arguably, I think the most competitive one should be 2.75 so it kind of feels like maybe stealing you know quarter of a goal kind of thing uh, and long term you know both of these teams are generally involved in goal heavy games so 18 of Hertha's last 26 have gone over 2.5 and 14 of Gladbach's last 18 have gone over 2.5 so nearly 80% and, and the odds of 8 to 11 suggest it's only a 58% chance um, both sides have had flow, uh, slow starts but as I mentioned, they've got key players back. Piatak is back now for Hertha, so they've got a, a goal scorer. I know you're a fan of uh, Ecklenkamp, who yeah. scored again last Looks week. Looks really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's surprising that uh, he kind of wasn't picked at the beginning of the season, so it's nice to see him involved. Uh, Briel Mbolo and Alessandro Plier both both involved for Gladbach again. Uh, I think what was really interesting as well, you know, if you look at just raw data, we see last week Gladbach only drew one one with Stuttgart. So if, you know, obviously the over two point five would lose there. But Gladbach had thirty one shots, which yeah. I believe is is a record in a home game for them in the Bundesliga since sort of Opta started counting data. So that just goes to show you, you know, sometimes you do have to dig a little bit deeper into the sort of underlying numbers. Um, um, but yeah, in terms of the price here, 8 to 11, don't think you can go wrong long term in, in a Bundesliga game, taking those odds. And they played each other here in April and it finished 2-2. So yeah, over 2.5 goals, Hertha v Gladbach. Let's head back to the Premier League. Struggling leads up against Wolves, who produced a stirring comeback last weekend to win 3-2 at Aston Villa. Mark, leads are the 2.58 favourites here. Wolves nearly 2-1. If you follow a Bielsa team, do you just have to accept that dips in form are going to happen, especially if you've got a few players injured, few players who aren't quite up to speed in terms of what Bielsa wants from them. I'm thinking of Daniel James, Junior Firpo. It's going to take a while to assimilate all of that information that Bielsa wants his players to take on board. Yeah, I think you've nailed it there, Kev. Um, you don't want to go too overboard on, on recent performances, but last week it, against Southampton was concerning. I know there was no Phillips, Rafinha, Bamford or Ailing, but they're probably four of their most influential players 
over the past 12, 18 months. But, and you look at their bench actually, and you realize how thin on the ground they were at St. Mary's. I think seven of their nine subs had squad numbers of 30 or above. But uh, even still, it was it was quite concerning. They had the majority of the ball, but they were out short 19-3 by Southampton. And uh, I think Leeds reporters were describing it as one of the worst under the Bielsa era, really. So they're going to be stronger this weekend. I believe Phillips, Rafinha and Bamford are due back. But uh, they haven't been brilliant so far this season, it has to be said, Leeds. Um, they've not been there swashbuckling themselves from a pressing perspective, at least. Uh, if you look at the PPDA rankings, that's passing pressures per defensive action. Um, Bielsa's teams are almost always sky high and you know ahead of the pack, really. They've slipped to third this season, which doesn't look too bad. But when you look at their sort of high turnovers, they're actually ranked inside the bottom six, uh, which is kind of hard to sort of grasp, really. Whether it's second season syndrome or the issues that you've just sort of mentioned, a bit of both, potentially. A switch behind the scenes in terms of style approach. Whatever's working hasn't been working. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how they go this weekend. It's just one Premier League win all season. They've scored multiple goals just once. One clean sheet. I've got them ranked third bottom on expected points, third bottom for XG ratio. They've given away you know the most shots in the league, the most shots on target. And if your attack is failing to function, ultimately the defence is creaking. So you know, you're going to have a problem on your hands, really. So, yeah, I think this is a potential game to oppose Leeds in. Um, Wolves have been well covered so far this season, starting with three defeats without scoring, despite playing really well. Since then, they've won four from five, including last weekend's turnaround, where I thought they were a little bit fortunate to get the points, but even so, probably just a, a fair sort of bounce back from what we saw early in the season. Uh, they are top half on the majority of metrics. Um, they are starting to play with confidence, with a plan, and with players who can start hurting up opponents now. Jimenez will come back into the team, and if it's not Jimenez, Trincao's back this week. Huang's started pretty well. You've got Treore, Fabio Silva, Pedence. You know, there's loads of options there for Wolves. So I'm expecting Wolves to score at Ellen Road, and I think if they do score, they can avoid defeat. Um, certainly over the first eight games of the season you kind of put Wolves above Leeds in the rankings whichever way you look at it so if Wolves score I like their opportunity to, to avoid defeat so I was pleasantly surprised that in the Asian handicap market you can get Wolves plus a quarter at 1.8 on the exchange so we're effectively getting money if Wolves avoid defeat it's a half stakes win if the game ends all square and a full stakes win if, Lee, if uh, Wolves win away at Leeds the only way in which we lose our stake is if Leeds win so yeah I'm happy to oppose Leeds one more week uh, until these players kind of get fit and firing again yeah, Jake, Mark makes a lot of sense there, doesn't he? Because this is a Wolves team under Bruno Lage. I know they haven't always had the results they've deserved, but they've looked really good and they're fun. And I know that's an underrated thing. I know that's not necessarily something you can quantify, but Nuno's football was successful largely, but not always that enterprising. This has been a shift. Yes, it has. And uh, Mark is usually correct. So... I'm glad that I've got the same bet down as well for this game. Um, yeah, it, it's been really, really good to watch Wolves, um, which is not something you could say over the last two or three years. As you said, they were, they were very rigid and, and very functional. Um, obviously got results, uh, but this time around, they've, they've combined what you would call is better football with a solid underlying process. It's not these results that they're getting on, you know, on look based. They're, they're fully deserving of the victory. And I know what Mark's saying about last week against Villa, but based on the raw XG chances that were created, they fully deserve to win that game. I know they left it late with a deflected free kick, but up to that point, they'd created by far the better of the chances. And um, overall, they've drastically improved on last season. Their underlying numbers that they're putting up 
They're averaging around 1.75 expected goals for and 1.05 expected goals against per game. That's actually better underlying process than what we saw under uh, saw from Wolves under Nuno in the two seasons they finished seventh in the league. So they are really a team to keep an eye on, a team to watch um, because they could do something really, really special this season. I, I, as you've said, he reeled off all the players that they've got in forward areas. And that was the main issue that we had with them under Nuno was that they had all these forward players, really good attacking players, but they just didn't, they were grinding out results. Whereas it looks more like now that they are creating more and better chances and getting the best out of these attacking players. Um, as for Leeds, it's been a really strange shift. Um, obviously, they've missed key players. I think the spine in particular, Bamford and Phillips, are really, really sorely missed when they're not in the team. Um, but overall, the drop-off from last season has been quite staggering. Um, last season, defensively, they were all over the place. I think there was only four, three teams that were worse based on expected goals. But their attacks sort of bailed them out. They were so good going forward that they created... Nearly an equal number of chances going forward is what they conceded. This time round, their attack's just not fired. Um, the drop off from last season, which was 1.63 expected goals for per game, now they're at 1.13 uh, through eight matches. Defensively, they were at 1.7 expected goals against per game, and they're at 1.9 this season. So the defense has actually got a little bit worse. They're conceding more chances more regularly, uh, whereas going forward, they aren't hitting the same heights as last season. And that's why we're seeing them struggle because ultimately their attack isn't firing. And, when Leeds' attack isn't firing, um, defensively they do leave themselves exposed in the way which they play. They get punished. So, yeah, basically the same bet as what Mark said, trying to get Wolves on side. It worked last week. Um, obviously back to Wolves at Villa with a, a plus naught on the Asian handicap. And same again. Um, you know, you can back plus naught if you want a bigger price. But as Mark said there, just that the quarter handicap is, is a really sensible bet um, because I do think at this moment in time, Wolves are a much better team than Leeds. Big fan of Bruno Lage, but I'm intrigued as to when he's going to ditch that very thin sports jacket that he wears. I don't think he's ready <laughs> for Wolverhampton in December. I think he's going to have to adapt to the conditions. Mark, you want to take us into the championship? Uh, league One, actually, Kev. League One. Oh, League um, One. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you were right. It is League One. <laughs> very, very rare for League One to be mentioned, but it just stood out to me, really. Uh, Ipswich against Fleetwood. Uh, Ipswich are trending in the right direction. Uh, finally, really, uh, they spent the summer of bringing in 19 new players, a whole new squad, effectively. And understandably so, there was quite a few teething problems for Paul Cook to deal with. Uh, but he seems to be engineering a couple of performances out of his, play, out of his team now. Uh, player for player, Ipswich are a level above every team in League One. It's just now about finding consistency. Uh, defensively, they still are a bit of a car crash but giving away sort of stupid goals but going forward uh, there's no problems at all so uh, rather than back Ipswich to beat Fleetwood I think you can back Ipswich to score over 1.5 goals uh, 17 to 20 on the sports book and that really stands out uh, they are the leading scorers in League One. They're averaging 2.08 goals per game. And they've just thumped Portsmouth 4-0 at Fratton Park on Tuesday. A really impressive performance. They've scored in every game. Uh, they're flying in terms of the underlying performance metrics, particularly at, at Portman Road, where they've been very strong. Uh, they've scored uh, twice or more in six of their seven home league games. They've scored twice or more in seven of the last 10 League One games. And they're playing a Fleetwood team who will come here to defend no doubt about that, but uh, they've only kept one clean sheet in 12, conceded twice or more on seven occasions, including four of six away games. Uh, I've got them ranked in the bottom eight across almost all major metrics in terms of uh, XG against shots conceded, chances, shots in the box, all that jazz. So um, yeah, Ipswich to, to score twice or more, I think really appeals at 17 to 20. 
Ipswich and Fleetwood fans delighted that I've promoted them to the championship. But sadly, <laughs> folks, I don't have that power. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet. So Betfair now offering no cash out suspensions on match odds over under and goals markets on the sports book, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Now it's time for the world famous podcast Treble, uh, a betting feature that June actor uh, Timothy Chalamet may or may not have called the highlight of his week every week. Just for the lawyers, he didn't say that. He definitely didn't say that. Uh, I'm going to start with Stinch. Thank you, Kev. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for letting the treble down the last two weeks. No apology necessary. Don't you worry. Um, I'm going to go for over 2.5 goals in West Ham v Spurs. It's 4-5. to 20 of West Ham's last 28 have gone over 2.5. And Tottenham's last eight have all gone over 2.5. Nuno's rested the whole outfield playing team for the away trip to Vitesse in the week. So I'm hoping it's going to be a fresh... Tottenham uh, and versus a <clears throat> reasonably fresh West Ham as they're, <clears throat> as they're at home in Europe as well. And the two matches last season were 3-3 and 2-1. So I'm hoping for a bit more of a London derby basketball kind of game. Just quickly wanted to touch on uh, another market just on the Premier League. It's the next manager to leave market. There's a lot of uh, fluctuation in the prices. So if you keep an eye out, I think you can take advantage of value because I believe the market is traded during the games as well. So if something happens and you were kind of of the opinion, oh, I thought that might happen, you might be able to still get on to something by taking that manager to leave and building a bit of a book. So for example, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is 15 to 8 favourite. But what price would he have been if Man United hadn't got the winner against Atalanta? Probably a lot shorter. Claudio Ranieri is there at four to one. You know, we all know the stuff around Ranieri. Daniel Farker six to one, and then everyone else is double figures. I'm very surprised to see Mikel Arteta at fourteen to one. He's eight to eleven to leave before the end of the season. Yet he's, you know, seventh or eighth favourite to go in the next manager market. If they hadn't got the last minute equaliser against Palace. I think he'd be, you know, very single figures, sort of maybe four to one, that sort of price. So I, I think it's worth keeping an eye on that market and you could build yourself up a nice little book because I believe the first two that left, the Watford manager and then Steve Bruce, everybody could sort of see that come in. And if you know, if you're quick, quick to react, you might be able to pick up a nice price. Always worth keeping an eye on these markets if Stinch tells you to. Elsewhere in the podcast treble, by the way, if unlike Monsieur Chalamet, you don't know what the podcast treble is, uh, all of our uh, guys pick one selection each and our lovely traders wrap them up in a boosted treble for you. So, Mark, what do you have for us? Uh, I am going to go for Wolves double chance away at Leeds uh, which is around about 1.5 so a 2 to 1 shot on I know it's a little bit short but it's alright for a treble so we just need Wolves to avoid defeat and Jake um, both teams to score in Palace Newcastle mentioned it earlier I think these two teams as question marks defensively particularly Newcastle but going forward they've shown quite a lot in recent weeks and, and Newcastle have for a, a long stretch now so I expect both teams to get on the score sheet that's all we have time for on this episode of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of other Betfair shows to enjoy like NFL Only Better, Cricket Only Better, a couple of racing shows as well. Check us out on social at Betfair or at Betfair Racing or visit Betfair.com. From Jake, Mark, Stinch, Zombie Steve Bruce and me, it's goodbye <laughs> for now. 